Hi all, and welcome to episode 8 of the Leading Safely podcast. This week's episode is all about resilience, and there's a reason for that. As you can probably hear, my voice is a little bit husky, and I sound a bit stuffy. That is because, after managing to avoid the dreaded My Sharonavirus for two and a bit years, it's finally made it into our home via my husband. We were both terribly ill for a day or two, and now are just going in and out of some of those not-so-nice symptoms. Just a quick note, though, to say that this episode will be shorter in length than most of the others as well, because I just don't think sneezing through my spiel is the most effective way to get my message across. Anyway, I've chosen to speak about resilience today, not just because I'm ill, but because resilience is something I believe is required in all safety leaders. I think resilience also ties in with a hot topic in the industry at the moment, which is psychosocial hazards. This episode also ties in with my last one on robust conversations. Now, before we get into the topic of resilience, I'm going to do another disclaimer. I'm going to share with you a little part of my life and the bits you will hear are not so pretty. I'm not going to go into immense detail, but what you will hear may trigger some thoughts or emotions for you as an individual. If this is the case, please feel free to tune out of the episode and tune back in once you're ready. So what is resilience? Resilience is the ability to cope with unexpected changes and challenges in your life. These challenges could be at home or at work. Obviously, it's not always possible to prevent stressful or adverse situations from occurring, but you can strengthen your capacity to deal with these changes. Resilience really is your ability to cope with tough times by applying your inner strength and engaging your support networks. Resilience can enable you to face difficult situations and maintain good mental health. If you're a resilient person, when you experience stress, adversity or trauma, you will still go through the emotions of anger, grief and pain. However, you're able to keep functioning both physically and psychologically. It's important to know, though, that resilience isn't about putting up with something that is difficult, being staunch or trying to work through it on your own. In fact, the ability to reach out to others is a key part of being resilient. For me, resilience is something I had to develop at a super young age. For those of you who don't know me on a personal level, I had a really bad childhood and honestly cannot tell you about most of it due to having blacked out large sections of memory. The key things I do remember are not nice and they most certainly are not happy. The crux of it is that my mother had an undiagnosed mental health disorder and was extremely abusive both physically and emotionally. As a toddler, she left me outside on our two-by-two veranda for days without food, water or nappy changes. She attempted to kill me on more than one occasion and would be manipulative enough that on certain days of the week she would look and act like a Stepford mother. Obviously, I'm not even tickling the tip of the iceberg here, but the point in sharing this is, when you're a two-year-old and you don't know if you're going to get fed, or you don't know when you're next going to get a slap in the face or a hit to the thigh, you learn to develop inner strength, and as you grow, you just learn to move on with life. So, when I made it to the mine sites and dealt with those negative experiences that you've heard me speak about, like the production manager that treated me like rubbish, or the personnel who wouldn't give me the time of day, I always had two thoughts. The way I'm currently being treated is nothing like the way I've been treated in the past, by my mother, obviously. So it never impacted me greatly. I had dealt with a lot worse than someone shouting at me in a room full of people. My next thought then was, 
life goes on. I always asked myself, so what? So what if the manager is a you-know-what? So what if they don't like you? Or what if they don't want you to be in their group? Life does not stop because of them. And you just have to keep going, keep moving on, especially when deep down you want to influence a positive change. Each of you listening to this podcast have had something happen to you, hopefully not as extreme as what I've experienced in my life. However, there will be something, an experience, a conversation, a debate, an argument, or perhaps even a choice or a decision that you can draw on to help build your resilience and help get you through those tough times at work, specifically, but also at home. I remember when I first started in the industry as a 24-year-old on a huge mine site in central Queensland, I had to attend these super large contractor meetings on behalf of the organisation I worked for. I was escorted to the first one by our HSE superintendent, and then I was kind of just thrown in the deep end, something I learned would occur in almost every single safety role I've had in my career. P.S. If you ever hear during an interview or in your first few days in a new role, we need someone who can hit the ground running. That normally means we're going to throw you in the deep end and you'll need to learn how to swim really fast. So I'm in this contractor management meeting and there's like 30 men, all mostly over the age of 50. They've all been in the industry for quite some time. And here is me, all new and fresh to the site. Literally, I'm down a week and a bit. The meeting is super fast paced. There really is no time for chit chat. In fact, that happens before or after the meeting when people don't want to go back to work. The chairperson runs through the agenda and straight up they're running through all the contractors and all the incidents that have occurred on site. I didn't know that our organisation was the first co-op cab off the rank and I'm the only rep there so everyone is looking at me except I'd not been told of any incidents that I had to share. I pleasantly smile and tell the group I don't think I have anything to share to which a gentleman from another contracting company laughs and says well that's a joke. What about your dozer and the near miss with my light vehicle? I had this moment of panic and then humiliation for not knowing what he was talking about. I mean, it sounded a really like a really serious incident and possibly a high potential one. I apologised to the group, said I would look into it and then politely excused myself. I go outside and I call my manager and I ask what the goal is. Does he know what old mate was talking about? I get the whole... Oh yeah, sorry Georgina, I forgot they do that incident overview thing first up. My head and my mouth then splits into two conversations. My mouth says, not a problem, let me take a look at it when I get back to the office. Meanwhile, my head is screaming, why did you put me on show in front of all of these people with something so serious? There is no way he'd forgotten. He'd been going to these meetings for close to four years on a weekly basis. He knew what the agenda was like. We all know that kind of political putting someone on show or testing someone type game happens on a regular basis. It sucks to be a part of it, but when it happens, you have to think fast, put some strategies into place to deal with what has just occurred, and then pick yourself up and move on. If you're looking for other things that you can do to help become more resilient, you might like to consider these tips, and I'll give these to you in a professional sense. However, they're easy enough to adapt into a social sense as well. First, you should get connected. Building strong, positive working relationships with colleagues or other like-minded professionals that you could call on in times of need. Use platforms like LinkedIn to your advantage. Next, make every day meaningful. Do something that gives you a sense of accomplishment and purpose every day. It could be taking a site walk or chatting with those frontline employees. 
set clear, achievable goals to help you look towards the future with meaning. Then, learn from experience. Think of how you've coped with hardships or setbacks in previous roles. Consider the skills and strategies that helped you through those difficult times. You'll also need to stay hopeful. You can't change the past, but you can always look towards the future. Accepting and even anticipating change in your workplace makes it easier to adapt and view new challenges with less anxiety. You also need to ensure that you take care of yourself and tend to your own needs and feelings. Participate in activities and hobbies that you enjoy and take time away from your desk to eat cake or do something fun in the office that gets you laughing. Include physical activity in your daily routine if you can. This could be walking to or from the office or site or even going to grab lunch away from your desk. Get plenty of sleep and try to recognise the signs of fatigue before it gets too far gone. Lastly, be proactive. Don't ignore your problems. Instead, figure out what needs to be done, make a plan and take action. Although it can take time to recover from a major setback, traumatic event or loss, know that your situation can improve if you work at it. Okay, so like I said earlier, this episode is short and sweet, and this is where I'm going to be ending things. I hope that as compact as this episode has been, there's been something in it that you can take away from it. If you're thinking of if there is anything you can take away from it, you can look back at the LinkedIn part and perhaps add me as a connection on LinkedIn. Search for Georgina Poole. As always, thanks for joining in. Until next time, stay safe.